Hello everyone, my name is Andy Summers and welcome to episode 3 of Reviving the Soul. Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And so God created the great sea creatures, and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and have every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And God saw that everything that he had made and behold it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day genesis 1 14 to 31 in our last episode we looked at genesis chapter 1 and what it primarily is and we came up with three things the first thing is that it is a polemic that is a defense of some kind in this instance it is a defense of the god of moses the second thing is the events within genesis are historical these have actually happened they are not just some allegorical tale they are real historical events and finally Genesis 1 is eschatological. That is, it points to the future, and in particular, it points to Christ. The first three days of creation, we see Moses dismantling Egyptian theology, and Moses continues this dismantling of Egyptian theology when on day four, he proclaims that God is the creator of the two great lights. Now, Moses intentionally leaves out their names, the sun and the moon, because those are gods in the Egyptian pantheon. 
Now, the Israelites had already witnessed God's demonstration of his power over these gods when God brought the plagues upon Egypt in the book of Exodus by blotting out the light from the sun, completely dismissing the Egyptian sun god Ra, who is often considered to be the god of gods. Then on day five, Moses dismisses the great bird gods as well as the great sea creatures and fish that have often been referenced within Egyptian worship services. And on day six, God creates the beasts of the earth, dismissing the gods of the ever-popular cult that the Israelites actually succumbed to in the wilderness when they began worshiping the golden calf while they were waiting for Moses to bring back the Ten Commandments. And then Moses gets a little bit more personal. He adds a small bridge to his poem and describes how God created mankind. Now this dismisses the deification of Pharaoh, the Egyptian king, who was often worshipped as a god and was considered to have a divine origin. It is here that we are first introduced to the doctrine of the Imago Dei, or the image of God. Now before we move on, it is important to note that when God begins to create man, he speaks to himself and says, let us make man in our image. And this, of course, continues to unfold the great mystery of God's triune character, but we'll get more to that as we continue to go through the book of Genesis. Right now, we want to focus on what it means to be an image bearer of God. So what is the Imago Dei? How is it applied? The first thing is, we are hearers. Immediately following the birth of Adam and Eve, they are commanded to be fruitful and multiply and to have dominion over the earth. God speaks and mankind can hear him. No other creature can respond to the word of God as does the apex of his creation, mankind. The second thing is, we are called to be rulers. We are to rule over the earth as regents of God. Now just as a father gives good gifts to his children, so does the father of lights gives this beautiful, complex world to his children to care for and to rule over. One of the distinguishing characteristics of mankind is the ability to discover, utilize, and create new things out of what has already been created. It's our own limited way of imitating our creator when we create new things out of what God has provided for us. And finally, the third thing that we see here is that we are called to be sons and daughters, heirs to the kingdom of God. This was and is the plan of God for mankind to flourish and to find great joy and satisfaction in both God himself and in the world that he created for us. Now it is here at the beginning of creation when we see how all things were meant to be perfect peace with God and creation, living in harmony and love with one another and with God. But as we all know, this did not last. The fall does come. Mankind does eventually fail. We did not bear the image of God as we were meant to. Instead of listening to God's word, we suppressed it. Instead of ruling over God's creation, we abuse and worship it. And instead of acting as sons and daughters of the king, we commit treason and follow after the lies of this world. Thankfully, there was one man in history who is called the image of the invisible God. The writer of Hebrews tells us that he is the exact imprint of God's nature, the man, Jesus Christ. And when God commanded him to die for the sins of the world, Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. And instead of worshiping or abusing the earth, Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father, reigning and ruling over the earth. And Jesus was the perfect son who has rightfully inherited the earth and his new creation, the hearts of those whom he has redeemed. 
So let us remember to read God's word and to do what it says, to take dominion over this earth and be fruitful, multiplying the disciples and churches by proclaiming the gospel. And let us embrace our sonship in the Lord Jesus Christ by putting off our old selves and embracing the new creation we are in Christ. Reviving the Soul is available on all listening platforms, including Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others. Be sure to like and share this episode. If you have any questions, please direct them to my Facebook page at Saul19Revive. And don't forget to leave me a review and rating on iTunes, good or bad. And until next time, apply all of Scripture to all of life.